This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Night Racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. Hopefully, it's possible. Anything is possible. Welcome into PHOI Phillies podcast. We've got Tyler Zuli, Jamie Lynch to my left. I'm Renee Washington. And we've got some updates, some potential excitement. It's also 1963 is our days for our countdown. Uh, 63 days until opening day on March 28th versus the Braves. 19 days until pitches and catches report. Of course, 20 days until they officially start training down in Clearwater. It's an exciting time, Jamie, not only for the Phillies, for all Philly sports. Um, we've got, of course, the excitement with, I feel like everybody's laughing right now at the Milwaukee Bucks. My my dad made a dad joke of like, ha, ha, ha. We've got the nurse. They've got the doc, but I'd rather have the nurse. <laughs> um, the Eagles, of course, finally brought in a new D coordinator, and that's exciting. I know. We've all been thrilled about that, especially uh, the fact that, wow, it's promising times. Yeah, I think uh, I think the Phillies are responsible for bringing Vic Fangio back to uh, the Eagles, as apparently he's a uh, a diehard Phillies fan. Oh yeah, uh, and wants to get a little closer to his family. So he said, "Screw you, Miami. I'm out of here. Uh, I want to go back to that cold, gray, wet, gross Philadelphia. <laughs> Screw you, South Beach. I'm out of here. I need my Phillies. Uh, so we'll see if Vic Fangio works out. I think it's about as safe as." Uh, a play as they can make, but you know the Phillies had a hand in in bringing Vic Fangio back to Philadelphia. So the Phillies may not be making any major moves roster wise on the baseball side, but at least they're helping to make an impact in yeah. football. There That's you go, nice. guys. There you go. Uh, welcome in, Dave, Chris, Mickey, Dave. You were first in the chat. Hypothetical man. Yes, you saw the picture. You saw the title. We've got to talk about the news that the Phillies. This probably is one of the more exciting ones now. I want to preface it by saying this before we even talk about Emmanuel Classe. We on this show, on a few different occasions now since the season ended, have talked about potential trades or free agents that we think would be a good fit for the Phillies. And sometimes, as recent as this past Friday with Robert Stevenson, within 24 hours of us talking about on the show, the guy is off the board and another team is picking him up. So I'm going to first preface it by saying, Phillies. 
So be the, be the ones that take them off the board. 24 hours, however long it takes, make it happen because Bleacher Report put out a list of the top 10 teams that are favorites for Emmanuel Classe. There have also been some other reports that come out. Phillies are seen as one of the top landing spots for the closer. I know Steve Adams of... MLB trade rumors said that the Guardians would most likely want to leverage Class A into a deal with multiple prospects and young players that Take are them. Major League Baseball ready. So there was a, a proposed trade for the Phillies specifically to be able to trade the uh, prospects, guys. I hope you're sitting down because some of you might be ready to hit the panic button when I say Can't this. Trade the prospects. trade proposal that came out was the Phillies would get Emmanuel Class A, the Guardians would get Justin Crawford, Aiden Miller. Ooh. So two of the best prospects. That's that a is that's, a, that's that is a tough trade prospect for sure. Um, as we're talking about two of the top prospects for the Phillies, but on the other side of that, you've got Class A, who is under contract for the next three seasons with two years of club options in his five-year, twenty million extension. Um, has has all the pieces is ready now. Would be a great another arm to add to the team um, and for class a as we've talked about a player that's ready now and we don't have to wait for the development i like that you have your coffee by the way that's not from starbucks so you know applause thank, for thank jamie you, you laud me as much as you like <laughs> um a lot of upside when you look at the numbers for class a even in 2023 which was a drop off for him um he's led the league in saves for the second year uh his era rose to 322 but he became only the second pitcher to blow and became only the second pitcher in this century to blow 12 saves in a season 2023 was not great for emmanuel classe but the two previous seasons a 133 era 66 saves we know he's got the the pieces there but his strikeout rate his average velocity on his cutter those are some things that have been uh some areas of concern so with that being said it makes you wonder is this the risk worth taking if you're talking about bringing in Emmanuel Classe hoping he can get back to what he was pre-2023 and be able to be a great bullpen arm for the Phillies yeah I mean Lots it's, of thoughts. it's certainly intriguing he's only 26 years old so you're still getting him in his prime mm -hmm. uh he's under contract uh theoretically for the next five years um, the next three are really, really cheap, basically free. And then in 27 and 28, you have club options for $10 million, uh, each. So if he works out, presumably you'll be picking up those mm -hmm. $10 million options. Uh, but he's only on the books this year for $2.9 million. That's like essentially free. Um, 4.9 next year, 6.4 after that. Um, you know, when Robert Stevenson's getting $11 million and, and you know, far from proven mm -hmm. at the track record he is, $2.9 for Emmanuel Classe is insane. Uh, he's a guy, you know, back-to-back 40-plus -back save seasons, really young, really cheap. That equals having to give up something substantial for him. Mm -hmm. um, the Phillies have one of the better bullpens already in baseball. If you add Emmanuel Classe to that, you probably definitively have the best bullpen in baseball. Mm -hmm. So it's hard not to uh, get a little intrigued by that thought because it would be a lot of fun. Um, rumors about him getting traded date back to last summer. So Cleveland's mm -hmm. uh, apparently been considering moving him for a little while. They're in this weird state of like being talented but not being good enough. So we'll see if they blow it up or not. Jim Bowden in early December 
said he wouldn't be surprised if Class A goes to the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I pray that they don't get stronger. Oh my gosh! Um, they're like Thanos collecting uh, <laughs> his Infinity Stones over there like, in LA. Stop. <laughs> yeah, like just chill out, guys. I, I think you almost got the full glove there. Uh, but yeah, I I would heavily consider it. You know, if it's Aiden Miller and Justin Crawford, that's two of your top four guys. That's uh, a big pill to swallow. Um, I'd have to sleep on it, and <laughs> I, you know, it's that's a lot to give up. I, I'd have to really, really think about that. And Aiden Miller, you know, is this fast rising kid mm-hmm. that uh, you know might take over Justin Crawford. Um, right, right. So it's a lot, but the idea of adding Emmanuel Classe to this bullpen would be. I mean, all of a sudden now you're talking about one of the best rotations in baseball, definitively the best bullpen in baseball. And, you know, if the lineup works out the way it should be, you should be a top five or six lineup without right. a doubt, too. So it's like <laughs> it really increases your championship odds dramatically. So it does. I don't want to give up Aiden Miller and Justin Crawford, but like it's there, there is a certain price of doing business here. Um, I don't know. I, I would Listen. I would have to sleep on that one. I would try to offer a different package, uh, but it would be really hard for me to not pull a trigger. Mm-hmm. And now I remember us having conversations about Emmanuel Classe because Jeff Passan had dropped December around early December that they were actively shopping. But as you mentioned, it went back way further than even December that the Guardians were looking to possibly move Classe because they are in that position of are we going to shift to a rebuild and start bringing in young prospects or young ready now players even. Or are we going to try to hold on to Class A? So that's also why this deal has, I feel like, all the trade proposals I've seen have had the expectations that in order to, to land Emmanuel Class A, a team would have to give up a, a lot of talented prospects. Yeah. Now, the other teams that are in the mix, at number 10, it's the Padres. Um, number 9, that Bleacher Report has listed, the Cincinnati Reds. At number 8, we've got the St. Louis Cardinals. Number 7, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks, who also I just heard tied to our own Jock Peterson. Screw you, Jock. Um, number 6, the New York Mets. Of course, the Phillies sitting at number 5, so right in the thick of things, in the mix, as we always say. Uh, number 4, the Texas Rangers. Three, New York Yankees. It's getting hairier and scarier as we get higher up the list because number two, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Mm. And then number one, the Chicago Cubs. So, you know, I think Emmanuel Classe, as, you, as we've talked about, his numbers, him being 26, um, even his deal makes you intrigued. It's a, it's a matter of, okay, will he come in? He'll solidify the bullpen at the expense of the young prospects. I know in the chat I'm seeing various responses some being uh, C- CMC was asking, would you trade Kirkering for him? Mm. And I think I, I would not. I think Aiden Miller, Justin Crawford are, are tough enough, but I think Kirkering will be ready now. And I think we've seen more from him that I would not want to give up on Orion Kirkering. But unfortunately for uh, a big name player, it's going in order to entice someone like the Guardians to want to make the deal. It's going to require giving up something. I wouldn't want that something to be Orion Kirkering. Um, yeah, I mean it's a it's a it's a fine balance of trading for proven talent and like right. you do need to supplement your big league club with you know your Bryson Stotts, your Alec Bohm's, your Orions, you know mm-hmm. guys, Johan Rojas. Like that is invaluable to you know club construction. But uh, would I let Orion? Stop me from doing this deal. I feel like it would be foolish to let that stop it. Like, yeah, we like him. Yeah, his 
his cutter, uh, slider, slurve, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> looks like an absolutely filthy pitch. But, like, you know, <laughs> do we have to really go through all the names here that we thought were untouchable pieces yeah. at one point? Um, you know, so it's just like, do I expect a Phillies farm arm to develop into one of the game's best closers? The history of my life says that would be foolish to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's I think I it's think hard because Klasse is exactly what Dombrowski likes, which yeah. is a flamethrower, and yeah. he's very cheap. He's young. He's kind of like the ideal trade candidate. He is. I think that's the key piece. If we were talking about, you know, anybody. I always say over 30, and I it's not old, but it's baseball old. It's sports old. It's sports Anybody old, over 30, it's a different conversation. You're talking about a 26-year-old? Now, Ryan's 22. That's not a huge gap. You know, that's you still will get great years of Emmanuel Classe. So I, if I'm making any negotiations, he's like the last resort. He's the, the, the ace in the hole. You're trying not to move him. If you can, I would be. I would rather move Aiden Miller and Justin Crawford, even with their uh, potential that we're seeing and what Crawford can add as an outfielder. But I would, I would start there, and then depending on how the Guardians are seeming interested or not interested, I would hold that in my back pocket as a piece that, I, that if, if needed and you want to absolutely go all in, push all the chips in for Emmanuel Classe, then you consider moving Orion Kirkering. But I do like, despite everybody else's thoughts of saving all the prospects, I do like the idea of bringing in a piece that's ready now, that's proven himself, that we've seen what he can do in the majors. He's been tested. We've seen the ups and downs of his career. And with have, with him having the ability to work with this pitching staff and this team, we could get a really great Emmanuel Classe that takes this the reliever group, as you said, Jamie, and as we're said in the chat, to be the best in the league. Yeah, I mean that's it's hard not to uh, get really enticed by becoming the best in the league at something. Um, you know, former GM Jim Duquette back in early December said I could totally see the Phillies jumping in on Emmanuel Classe. By the way, he's only 25. 25. Not even 26 Will yet. Will be 26, I think, at the start of the season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, but I mean, he's regardless. he's still 25. So you're getting, you're getting <laughs> the kid's prime. Um, you know, he throws gas. He's got a 101-mile-an-hour cutter. Oh, my goodness. Like, Emmanuel Classe would make the Phillies fans go I nuts. Think, I think he, to me, also embodies, as you mentioned, the fit also a guy that fans would would really enjoy watching yeah you know, i know it's not about that ultimately but you know i think he embodies what i'm in the sense the philly way no, of, if he's throwing 103 miles an hour <laughs> in close situations uh i think he yeah, embodies Citizens what Bank we Park like here in gonna, philly is gonna like that <laughs> we like lot. that i mean this is the same town that used to cheer every time billy wagner <laughs> hit 100 miles an hour it didn't matter if it was a ball or strike it was just 100 miles an hour and we would all cheer right. um so you know this kid throws 101 mile an hour cutter uh, Tyler, what what percentage chance do you have of hitting or making contact on a hundred and one mile an hour cutter? A cutter mm-hmm. is less than zero. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna say one point five. I mean, if I stick the bat out in front of the plate, wee baseball style, and hope he hits it, wee baseball. Maybe that's the best chance I've got. Oh, Flat man. fastball, maybe like three percent, because you may be able to like Get luck lucky. into catching yeah. up to it. But anything with moving with with movement, zero. Yeah, this kid's zero filthy. chance. So like, yeah. you know, Aiden Miller is one I. Like Aiden Miller's kind of going this way, and Justin Crawford's kind of going downwards. Mm-hmm. Like so, it's like they're kind of like passing each other in this in the prospects. Aiden Miller's a kid I think I'd like to protect from everything I'm reading about him. Uh, but Emmanuel Classe is probably going to cost you two top because of how cheap he is, 
two top seven prospects. Mm, he is. He is without a doubt. And that's and that's what it seems like from everything that I've read through Bleacher Report's piece is that that's the expectation. If the Guardians are going to move a 25 year old Emmanuel Classe, it's with the expectation of bringing in a few young pieces to replace him to start sure. that rebuild. Um, again, we're, we're going to get into more Aiden Miller and Justin Crawford specifically, as we, of course, have been doing our down on the farm and deep dive and everything like that. Uh, but yeah, as you mentioned, there's a lot of upside. These are two prospects that are top 100 uh, for Major League Baseball's prospect list. We've all been following Aiden Miller's power, Crawford's speed, you know, the way they their trajectory has been going. But it's still not a given. I'm, I'm, I like the short thing. I don't like, I'm not a gambler. I tried it. I'm not good at it. I don't like gambling. Well, I, mean, I like the short thing. I, I like to know it were, it's the Virgo in me. I don't want to take chances or risks when I don't need to in this situation when we have a sure for certain Emmanuel Classe. Yeah, I mean, you can't. In Philadelphia, I don't know what other markets are like when it comes to their prospects, but uh, we're very guilty of overloving prospects in this town. Uh, and for what reason, I don't really know. You know yeah. what I mean? Because, like, historically, yes, obviously the core of, you know, the 08 team was homegrown. But, like, <laughs> outside of that, like, our prospects <laughs> mostly suck. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just, like, historically, it's been a bad farm system. So I don't know why uh, so many Phillies fans clutch their pearls when it comes to trading prospect discussion. I mean, this time last year, if we were talking about trading Griff McGarry, Mm. People would have been like, what? No, Griff McGarry and Mick Abel and Andrew Painter, they're going to be the big three of this rotation. Now you look at Griff McGarry and Matt Gelb had a piece on The Athletic yesterday, you know, saying they hope he can still be a starter, uh, basically had to rebuild his mechanics because his AAA debut was such a disaster last year. So, like, now your number three prospect a year ago, you're rebuilding the kid's mechanics mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. hoping he has a shot. So, like, I never like to let prospects block me from getting, as you said, a proven known commodity because chances are, I mean, I don't know what the prospect success rate actually is in baseball, but it has to be, like, 6% yeah. of, like, real deal major league, mm. like, you know, so, like... You look at these things, Ryan Howard was the 23rd Phillies prospect in, in 2000. You know what I mean? Yep. It's just like there's no way to know. Aiden Miller and Justin Crawford could flame out magnificently, and some kid that's 19 on your farm list could become a Hall of Famer. So, so it's, it's such a hard thing to, to balance. You know, I think what I've, what I've seen in my experiences in sports in general, not even just baseball specifically, is if at if – at, you're in your career, you can't take that next step. You're not good enough. Very rarely is it because you need fine-tuning and you've got potential and just need the right coaching and structure. It's usually that you're just on that next tier below and you're just not, you're not good enough yet. But unfortunately, with every 20-year-old, 21-year-old, 22-year-old, as you get older and you're still just, just shy of making it to the next These step, prospects here, comes some younger, here comes some you younger talent. No, no. No. Here comes some younger talent that's going to pass you. Yeah. You know, like if you're not, it's, it's kind of like in high school when you have the freshman that's not good enough. And then it's like, okay, freshman year, we can give them a pass. They're young. They physically need to develop. By sophomore year, if they're not, if they're not there, 
you're not just going to magically suddenly junior senior year be be the best player on the team just because you've now aged. No, there's going to be some other freshmen and sophomores that are coming in that are taking your spot. So it's a it's a weird gamble because there's very rarely players that they have the talent. It just hasn't been fully, you know, the potential has been tapped. It's usually that they just they don't have it. Yeah. You know, they're just that next tier. And then I will say for class A, my last thing on him is. Davey Andrews of Fangraphs did talk about uh, Emmanuel's Cla Emmanuel Classe specifically saying an issue was his release point last year. So there's areas that need improving for Class A that can be improved and adjusted and tweaked that we can you, you can see him taking strides with an organization like the Phillies versus a prospect who we have a whole bunch of question marks around, like a, you know, I'm not going to, Crawford and, and Mate Miller and, any other prospects for that matter, you just don't know. If we're talking about a minor tweak versus a major overhaul, sure. I'll take the minor tweak. Yeah, I mean, like, again, you can bring up any number of Phillies trades in the past where they've given up prospects for proven commodities. Yeah. And guess what always wins? The proven commodity. Always. I mean, Roy, Roy Halladay was acquired for... Kyle Drabeck. You can't trade <laughs> Kyle Drabeck. He's going to save the Phillies farm system. Travis D'Arnone, who probably oh, had the best career of these three, and Michael Taylor. Travis so like little D'Arnone. I mean, somebody in the chat said Sixto Sanchez for JT Real Muto. <laughs> Sixto Sanchez was untouchable, and then he's never been healthy. Yep. So, like, putting all your eggs in these prospect baskets is a – is a risky proposition and you know you have to you have to protect the ones you really believe mm -hmm. are it and but more often than not the proven commodity is the better way to go yeah that's how i feel uh you know i'm sure some people out there will clutch their pearls about philly's prospects and you you can't trade mick abel he's gonna be the future okay yeah just like jason donald was and you know all these phillies pro dom brown like, even Don hmm. Brown, you know, hmm. rated higher than Mike Trout, had a month and a half of, like, dominance, and then never to be The only Dom seen. that's done well in Philly is Big Dom. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I would probably do it, but I would probably, because Aiden Miller and Justin Crawford are your two top offensive uh, prospects, I would try to save one of them that I really believed in. Yeah use the other as the trade bait. I would do it. I would, because uh, I'm greedy, and I would like to so see a closer throwing 104 closing out Citizens Bank Park. Yeah. I think yeah. it'd be a lot of fun. I know Hypothetical Man saying you can trade Abel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think there's if, – if the Guardians are looking for youth and prospects, the Phillies have prospects that can go. Yeah, and if you believe in Mick Abel a lot, maybe you want to go buy one of his rookie cards. Maybe he'll get up this year. And you say, hey, that's a kid I believe in. I think he's going to be – Cooperstown bound. Well, go buy a rookie card. And you know where I would tell you to go buy that rookie card? An investment, if you will, at Wheelhouse Cards. They have two great locations in Wayne and Westchester. And Wheelhouse is our go-to sports card, gift, and apparel shop in the Delaware Valley. Their motto is cards and community because a love of sports is what brought us all here today together. It unites us all. They carry all your favorite card brands like Top Chrome Baseball and Mosaic Football, as well as tons of great gear like T-shirts, hats, hoodies from, uh, you know, brands like Mitchell & Ness, 47 Brand, Junk Food, Starter, and one of my personal favorites, Shy Vintage Sports. And if you're looking to have those sports card collections graded, I found a box in my basement recently I got to take over. Well, Wheelhouse offers PSA grading submissions. They also host a ton of different family-friendly events and birthday parties every single month. So stop into either of their stores or Wayne 
in Wayne or Westchester, open seven days a week at 11 a.m. And use code PHLY to get $10 off any purchase of $25 or more in store. Also, be sure to give them a follow on Instagram at Wheelhouse Cards. And while we're at it, take time to go check out the Game Time app because over at the Game Time app, they've got everything you need to make, buying tickets, checking out your favorite games, concerts, comedy shows, that much easier. So you can download the Game app, Game Time app today. You can use code PHLY to be able to get $20 off of your purchase. And the great things about Game Time app, they make it so easy right on your phone that you can see all the best prices, find good tickets, also see where your tickets are located. So it makes it easier to be able to see where you're going to be seated. Uh, and it just takes away the stress of having to worry about buying tickets. And then also when you get to the door, finding those tickets, where did you print them? Did you leave them on the table? Are you having Wi-Fi issues? All these questions are no longer an issue when it comes to the game time app, because now you can go to the game. You've got it right on your phone. The tickets are there. Scan, get in, get to your seat, get your snacks, get your drinks and have a great time. So again, check out the game time app so that you, your buddies, your family, your significant other, whoever it is you're looking to take to that show, that concert, that game, you guys can do so stress-free and having fun over the Game Time app with code PHLY to be able to get $20 off. All right, we've got a special guest joining us today in MLB content creator uh, Dylan Hornick. But before we even get to him joining us shortly, let's go down on the farm. I know we've got a lot of people in the chat talking about prospects, hypothetical man, CMC, which makes me think of uh, CM Punk. Um, it makes Randy me think of Rupert. Christian McCaffrey. It also makes me think of Christian McCaffrey. Maybe and, Christian McCaffrey's here, guys. And let's go Lions um, this weekend. Oh, let's go Lions. Lions and oh, please, I, I please, please, Ravens. Please. Yeah. I'd rather the Ravens win have you seen, than the Lions, but I need both of them to have win. Have you seen the Super Bowl um, logo <laughs> conspiracy theory going on out there? That there's an attempt to have Ravens 49ers again? Well, yes. That's one conspiracy I've heard. Um, and then Taylor yes, Swift Eminem. I, I'm sure Roger Goodell's going to do everything in his power to get the Swifties at the Super Bowl. No, uh, but the last three, no. the last two or three Super Bowls, the logo has had the shades of the team's colors in it. So, like the year the mm. Eagle, last year it was Eagles Chiefs, it was red and green. I was like, gonna say it was definitely green. This definitely year it's green. purple and and Forty Nine er red. I've heard a lot of conspiracies Next about year, wanting to bring back because what was it, 2019 Ravens. Yeah. 49ers trying to so bring that back. So it's going back three years. Next year's Super Bowl logo. Green? Has a, has a little tinge of Kelly Green in it. <laughs> so if you believe the NFL is scripted, the comeback story is that the Eagles are going to make the Super Bowl next year. Yes. Um, there was somebody else that was really active in the chat I wanted to shout out that was asking questions. Can you just scroll really quickly? I know we're supposed to be down on the farm, but... Uh, a little bit more, a little bit more. Apologies, apologies. It was a new face. Oh, Kay Yinks. What's up, Kay Yinks? Uh, Matt, Dave, Kay Yinks. All right, let's go down on the farm and talk prospects. Our prospect of today, ironically, as we're talking about Christian McCaffrey, it's another CMC, Christian McGowan, um, MCG, though. So Christian McGowan is our prospect. We're going to be deep diving today. Now, here's some insight on Christian, the right-handed pitcher, 23 years old, went to Eastern Oklahoma State, uh, was drafted in the seventh round of the Juco. 2021 draft. He is a JUCO product and uh, ranked 14th on Philly's prospects list in some lists. We've seen him in various spots. So Christian has some interesting stuff. Um, I'm excited to see what Christian Hunter can bring from out of Denison, Texas. Now, here's the numbers for Christian. 
Again, at 23, six foot, 205 pounds, made seven appearances across four levels in 2023, pitched for 25 and two-thirds innings, 28 strikeouts, 10 walks, 132 whip in 2023, and sits in the 94 to 96 mile per hour range. And uh, as his slider, oh, wow, you're throwing acronyms in here on me. Slider and fastball are both <laughs> in the 55 grade. So for Christian, when you look at the numbers that he's had, he's you know, someone that after spending time uh, rehabbing from Tommy John surgery in 2023, that's a big part of this too, um, has been able to at least get back. Now, he does have what I've seen in various reports, different things, as, as mentioned, his slider, his fastball, his changeup. He's got, he's a passionate hard worker, some reports have said. I mean, as minor as that is, it is important. He has the talent, but of course, as mentioned, he's coming off of a Tommy John surgery. So even that has you know, push some things back. Now, his pitching coach from Jersey Shore didn't mention his talent, his anticipation to be a future big leaguer, as well as the fact that, you know, as an organization, they feel like he's um, really got a great power sinker. His The pitch has potential to be even better at higher levels with more reps. He's got a fun personality, but is extremely competitive on the field and needs just experience has been the key thing that I've been seeing from him. Needs experience, needs reps. His grades is 55 fastball and slider, as mentioned, 51st changeup, 45 for control, 45 overall. So, Jamie, Christian Hunter McCowan, name test. Um, ah, yeah. oh, oh. Doesn't sound like a... Really? Uh, no, it doesn't really sound like a ball player to me. Hunter, of course, naturally does because we know Hunter's Christian in the... Christian McGowan? In the no. Sounds like a kid I went to high school with, not, not a major league <laughs> baseball player. Tyler, I'll check with you on that. Christian McGowan name test. You sound like you, a ball player? No, I don't care. This is everything, Tyler. <laughs> he literally asked you every day. Every day. Test. Everything. I and don't and his care. Picture. You have to project ahead to Citizens Bank Park. Somebody, and now pitching for the Phillies, right handed pitcher, Christian McGowan. The next yeah. guy up's name could be Blah Blah. Blah Blah. I would say he doesn't have what it takes it to be a big league player. <laughs> Christian McGowan matter to me. doesn't pass the name test. For me, I so wish that's, that's I wish him the best. Yeah, I don't see it. I, I just don't see it in his future. I, I mean, you guys I don't do like, that. No, I mean. Oh, you have to be able to like hear it and visualize it. Yes and no, but his name can become Christian McGowan. <laughs> I mean, I guess <laughs> you love the announcer voice. <laughs> I just feel like. We've seen names that are not traditional good names because the person's a good player. It becomes like, okay, I hear that now. He could become. Could. He, he could be Chris Hunt. He could be like. Cards are stacked against him. <laughs> this kid's going to have a tough. But he's a kid uh, in reading all the scouting reports. Some think he has an outside shot to be like an in-season call up as, as early as this year. Um, he's going to be in Lehigh Valley this year. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the future is projected as says McGowan will pitch at an upper level stop in 2024 and could be a candidate for a late season big league debut if things fall into place. He has an outside chance of a back end role, but more likely fits as a late inning power arm. Um, you know, he throws, he has two different types of sliders the sweeper for whiffs, it says, and the tighter breaking. Gyro uh, to called for called strikes. He throws high 80s changeup. Uh, some th scouts think he can develop a splitter still uh, that will give him a weapon to attack with north and south. Uh, below average control. Um, and the Phillies would like him to learn this year 
that occasionally it's okay to pitch to contact. Mm. Uh, and I think that's that's probably a really hard thing for pitchers mentally to get over. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, trusting the defense, putting the balls in play, like you're not going to strike everybody out. And yeah. I think for young kids, like, you know, you can't be afraid to put balls in play occasionally. So, exactly. um, you know, we'll see if we see this kid this year. They seem to like him. He throws hard. Uh, he's got some stuff. So we'll see yeah. if he can make it. The name, athleticism, the, test, the competitiveness is there. Name test is not past Jamie's standards. No. But seeing that he's got at full strength, as mentioned, the top upper 90s. But also there was talk about good depth on his sliders. You talk about showing a solid feel for a fading mid-80s changeup. Um, also has the ability and in, in just to show something different. Just needs a lot more to iron out with his delivery issues. And, of course, getting back from Tommy John surgery, which he had in 2022. So, yeah, I mean, I've, I always love a nice underdog story of a Juco-type player that's, you know, underrated and becomes this top or at least a, a household name. So we'll see what happens with Christian Hunter McGowan and if his at one point his name becomes... Sounds like he belongs in a punk an, band. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. All right. Is well, that Shane we got uh, Huh? Shane McGowan? Wasn't he the, one of the big uh, punk, Irish punk guys? You know, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> I don't know if you're asking Tyler or just the universe, but well, Tyler's got the punk, uh, the punk. Yeah, team, Shane McGowan is—he yeah. is the lead vocalist. I don't yeah. know for who. Yeah, I think he recently passed. Uh, oh. The Celtic punk band, oh. the, the was it the Pixies, the Pogs. Oh, the Pogs, the Pogs. Yeah. So you know, Christian McGowan. You know, I like a sure. lot of music, but that's that's not a Christian McGowan sounds like a, a punk singer not okay. a, a well reliever. we've got another great name that's ready to join <laughs> us here that's probably uh, got his own thoughts on the name test we've got Dylan Hornick who is an MLB content creator with BetMGM out of Brooklyn welcome into PHLY Phillies Dylan nice to have you here thanks for having me guys it's great to be here well, I have to ask because Jamie is, is very big on this. Are you big on the name test for baseball players? Like, especially with prospects? 100%. Absolutely. I think like 75 to 80% of your worth as a major leaguer is your name. It's got to sound good. Jamie's got the announcing voice perfect. It's all about the look and the feel. If you look good and yeah. your name sounds good, that's like, that's like 75% of the battle. We're almost there. So we're doing our down on the farm reports, uh, Dylan, where we're like previewing the top 25 Phillies prospects here during the during the down months. And the first thing I always say is, does he sound like a big league player? And today's was Christian McGowan. I'll ask you. Right. Doesn't really sound like a ball player. You know, I don't want to I don't want to disrespect the kid. I'm sure he's a hard worker, but the name's just not inspiring. You need something, you know, yeah. a little, especially I know like he throws hard. It's probably pumping high 90s. Need something that's a little little stronger. It's got a little more gusto to it. Exactly. Dylan gets it, Renee. All right, Dylan. Well, you come in, you're siding with Jamie already. That's one negative point for you. Uh, <laughs> but listen, overall, this this has been quite an offseason. I know uh, for you as a content creator, much like for us as, as we're hosting our shows, sometimes you find yourself like, okay, we're all just waiting. We're all just waiting for what's next. One is, what has been, what has it been like for you with content creation and talk, you know, trying to keep things spicy and creative with the baseball offseason of things to put out. Like, there's been stretches, Shoei Otani, Yamamoto, for example, where it's like, it's easy. Our jobs are easy. Then there's been other stretches where it's like, we have to sit and talk about whatever, you know, finding things to talk about, finding things to post about. Uh, how has this offseason been for you with your content creation? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's really like, 
I think the first, you know, month and a half, two months of a free agency and, and trade season, hot stove season, it was awesome. You had the Juan Soto trade happen, you know, relatively quickly. Shohei Otani rumors just swirled for, you know, a month and a half or two months, the Yamamoto stuff. And then by Christmas, it was kind of, all right, all the big stuff's done. We got to wait for, you know, Blake Snell still on the market, Jordan Montgomery still on the market. The Teoscar Hernandez thing was, you know, big-ish, depending on on your view. So it's kind of like, you know, by by Christmas and the new year, you're just kind of, at this point, like, I'm over hot stove season. All the content creation, you know, making memes, making jokes, making hot takes, it's great. I, I want to get to real baseball at this point. I want I want pitchers and catchers. I want people on mounds and people in batting cages. I'm 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 ready to go. <laughs> yeah, Dylan, 19 days until pitchers and catchers. I'm right Can't there wait. with you. Yeah, so one of the things we were talking about today is uh, the Phillies are kind of in a weird spot with remaining free agents because they might not have a lot of at-bats or innings to offer to some of these guys that might want, you know, kind of a guaranteed amount of, of playing time. Um, so we kind of transferred our thoughts to the trade market. And Emmanuel Classe, uh, the closer for the, the Guardians, excuse me, I almost went to their previous name, um, it could be available. Uh, this dates back all the way to last June, July. Because he's so young and so cheap and team-friendly contract, he's going to cost a lot. Is he a type of guy to you that is worth giving up maybe two of your top seven prospects for because he's only 26 years old? Yeah, I think that's, you know, the great calculus of this time of year. And if you're the Phillies, you got to look at where you are in the National League, right, and where you are as a team. Back-to-back NLCS appearances – you know, you're a, a game away from making a World Series again. And the very obvious, I think, glaring hole in the team in the playoffs was back end of the bullpen, right? Craig Kimbrell was not great. You're trusting Jeff Hoffman to throw late, high leverage situation innings. And, you know, with the Dodgers being the Dodgers and the Braves being the Braves, I think the Phillies, if they make that one big upgrade back end of the bullpen, make it elite, I think they can jump into that conversation be right there in the World Series conversation contention again uh, this year. So to me, this is your your window if you're the Phillies, right? You you have all the pieces. Bryce Harper's there. JT Realmuto's there. You have you know Nick Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber. Your lineup's great. Your rotation's great. Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola coming back. You make this move, you put yourself in the upper, upper tier of teams in the National League and in baseball as a whole. Yeah, and, and as you... Um... You know, just talk about the plans for the Phillies. You're spot on. Something that we've mentioned a lot of is it's a it's a win now team. They've got the pieces there. They've got the talent there. They don't they didn't need to do much this offseason, but just around the edges as Dave Dombrowski's talked about. But you mentioned a name in Kyle Schwarber, and I'm interested in your thoughts because you know sometimes I feel like when you're working so closely to a team and you're covering them, you can find yourself a little bit more biased. And the league's been putting out rankings for positions, and they they had the fan rankings, which had Kyle Schwarber. I think he was number three three as a top 10 left fielder and they had him at number 10 for top 10 left fielders um, as the, the league actually put together with Jordan Alvarez at the top and, and a lot of other great names in between. Are we missing something on Kyle Schwarber as a left fielder? What are your thoughts on Kyle Schwarber's left ability as a left fielder? And if he's a top 10 left fielder in Major League Baseball as of now, even as someone that was a DH for the Phillies for the majority of the season? Yeah, I think that's the big thing, right? I mean, I love Kyle Schwarber. I think he's a really fun player to watch. Hits big, long home runs, you know, 40, 50 bombs a year. Doesn't, you know, hit for a high average, but that's okay in today's game. I think what the league and the fan voting or the fan poll really missed is that he's not a left fielder, right? He, I mean, Johan Rojas comes up 
uh, towards the end of the year. He goes to center. Uh, he goes to center. Brandon Marsh goes to left. Schwarber's DHing. You're putting a, a DH as the 10th best left fielder in the game. And I, I know the position is weak right now, but like you, you got to find somebody else that's actually playing the position to occupy these 10 spots, right? I mean, if, if Kyle Schwarber is the opening day left fielder for the, for the Phillies, I think that there's probably something that went wrong in spring training. He should, he's going to be the DH. He should be the DH. If somebody hands him a glove in March, uh, I don't think that bodes well for the rest of the season, to be honest. So, you know, he's a great player. He's a great power hitter. He's just, he's just not a left fielder. He was terrible. Uh, very, <laughs> I'm very trying, much. I'm trying to be nice. He's, he's, he was not. He's not. No, a no, no, no. Between him and Reese Hoskins, it was the worst left field play I've ever seen in my life. Uh, so I'm very much looking forward to good uh, defense in left field. Uh, Dylan, I know you do some work uh, with uh, BetMGM. Uh, one of the things our own producer Tyler Zuli has been putting out some superlatives about. Uh, maybe some fun bets out there. I love the season-long bets, the MVPs, the Cy Youngs, uh, Rookie of the Years, you know, the batting titles, all that stuff. Uh, in your off-season work here, have you come across any any season-long bets that you think are really good kind of long-shot odds, and uh, what, what might those be? Yeah, I'm not sure about long shots, but one of the really, really fun betting markets that I've come across this off-season is uh, – Right after Shohei Otani signed with the Dodgers, I think a bunch of sports books uh, around the country put up his home run prop. I think there's some places you can get it at over under 37 and a half homers this year. Some places it was 39 and a half. Some places it was 40 and a half. Um, I think something like that for a player like that who he's not going to pitch this year. He's going to DH. He's going to be in the middle of a incredibly potent lineup with Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, et cetera. I think something like that to track all year. And, you know, you're kind of living and dying with every Shohei Otani homer. He's the best player in the game. He's the most exciting guy that you're going to watch on a nightly basis. Um, you know, I, you always want to root for the over in a situation like that. So, you know, taking over 37 and a half or 39 and a half or 40 and a half, whatever the line may be, uh, that's, that's one that I really, really am interested to follow throughout this season. It's just, you know, it's one of those fun little, you know, not a crazy, crazy bet, not a crazy amount of money needs to be put on it. It's just something fun to follow especially if you're not a fan of the Dodgers, keeps you interested. Are there any sleeper bets that maybe you, you have that uh, people may be missing? I do feel like people get caught up easily in the flashy names or, you know, what even could be obvious. And as James even mentioned, the easy ones. But is there anything that you feel like, okay, that's one that might now not make sense to others, but has a potential chance of really hitting? Yeah, I mean... I always look at, for something like that, I always look at team wins over-unders. Um, I think last year, the big one we saw was the Reds going way, way over their, their team total for wins that was set at the start of the year. So you look for a team like that, someone that's young, uh, hasn't really proven themselves yet. It could be the Reds again this year. I think I'm looking at them a lot. They have another year, that young core in the lineup of experience. They have a, an okay bullpen, like you guys said earlier. I think they're probably looking at Emmanuel Classe as a trade target. Uh, for the back of that bullpen. They have some good young pitching. I think, you know, I, I think the Reds took a step forward last year. And if you look at their team total, their win team, their team win total, sorry. Um, I, I don't know what it's set at exactly, but I would not be surprised in that division if they kind of shot over it again and maybe took the division, went over their team win total, overtook the Cubs and the, and the you know, the Cubs and the Brewers as the team to beat in the NL Central, especially Brewers probably setting up for a down year. The Cubs kind of never hit where they were supposed to be last year and never and didn't, you know, significantly improve on that team this year. 
Um, so I'm really, really excited for the Reds this year. I think long shot, if you can call them a long shot, I don't know. I think they're still on the cusp of being that young upstart team that's going to kind of take the NL by storm a little bit. Uh, so some books have the Phillies, Dylan, as a 90 and a half, which I think is a really good number uh, for this team because I think if – if everything goes well, I think I can very much see them being a 94-95 win team. If things don't go well, you know, they could be that 85-86 win team again. Uh, so I think that number's great. What would your gut say for a play on the Philly season long? Uh, is that an over to you, or does that smell like a possible under? Yeah, I think, I honestly, I think that's a pretty easy over this season. I know the Phillies have gotten out to, to slow starts the last couple of seasons. Uh, really turned it on in the second half. But if you look at where the NL East is, right, you have the Braves. They are the top of the division. The Mets kind of taking a step back, kind of retooling under David Stearns and kind of doing what the Phillies did and improving on the edges, but they kind of need more than improving on the edges. The Marlins are going to be okay, but I still think that they need three, maybe four big pieces to really be in, in playoff contention. And the Nationals are the Nationals. So the, the division as a whole is kind of taken a bit of a step back. Uh, and the Phillies have taken a step forward and they can obviously take another step forward if they make that big acquisition like Emmanuel Classe or something like that. I think 90 and a half is a very good number. Like you said, I really like the over here. I think the Phillies, if everything goes right, they can compete for the division, to be totally honest. Um, and I don't really see a, a bottom out situation. I think their floor is probably 87, 88 wins. Um, so, so the 90 and a half to me feels like an easy over. Mm. Well, my last question for you, Dylan, is with all that we've seen, we've talked a lot about the teams that have been active and have been have been doing a lot this offseason. What are the teams that jump out to you that haven't done enough but needed to do more so far this offseason? Yeah, I already mentioned one of the Mets. I think they really needed to make a big splash. Um, I think they kind of bungled the the Yamamoto signing, uh, letting him go to the letting the Dodgers match that contract that they offered him. I really think they needed something at the top of that rotation and probably needed more in the back end of that rotation to help Edwin Diaz. In addition to, you know, they probably don't have a great lineup outside of the top four or five hitters. Um, they're probably the biggest one only because, you know, they come with such fanfare the last couple of years with the Steve Cohen, uh, Steve Cohen taking control of the team and winning 101 games a couple of years ago. They just have this, they had this aura about them where they were going to take, you know, they were going to take control of the national league and be, the team to beat for the next four or five years. And they just haven't done that. And they didn't do enough this year to really convince me um, that they're going to be anything more than a fringe wildcard team. I think if you look at the American league, uh, you're really, really like the Red Sox. I think I'm trying to put this the right way. They are an okay team with the expectation that they're always going to be a great team, right? A bunch of titles this century, Craig Bressler comes in. He says they're going to go full throttle, make the big acquisitions, make the big signings, and it just it didn't happen. And they're they're you know, I think Nick Pavetta is going to be like their number two starter, or their ace or something. It's just it's not very inspiring for a team that expects and a city that expects, you know, contention every single year. Mm. Yeah, last one for you, Dylan. Let's play the uh, the the big two uh, landing spots here. Cody Bellinger, obviously the top offensive free agent on the market. Uh, Blake Snell, top pitching arm on the market. Uh, what's your best guess as to where each of those guys end up? It's a tough one. Blake Snell, I'd really love to see go to Seattle. Uh, I think the Mariners really need an, another pitcher uh, if they want to compete in the AL West and in the wild card scenario. 
Um, he's a, I think he's a West Coast guy. He's said, stated his preference to be in Seattle, to be a Mariner. Whether they shell out the money, uh, I'm not convinced. But also, you have to consider, as we get later in the offseason, his number is going to come down. And I think that if they can kind of finagle with Scott Boris a little bit and get, you know, if it's a two-year deal with some options or a one-year deal with a bunch of options, I think that they can nail down Blake Snell. Would love to see him go there. Cody Bellinger is like one of the most interesting free agent cases of the last decade. He was great, obviously, in Los Angeles for the first few years of his career, had a really, really bad two or three year stretch and kind of revitalized himself with the Cubs last year, 330-ish homers, I believe. Um, so when you look at somebody that, you look at a team that needs that, I, I, I think going back to the Cubs, like I said before, they really haven't made that gigantic acquisition this offseason. Would love to see him go back there, kind of anchor that lineup if they're going to compete in the NL Central. Um, but again, I think this is such a unique offseason because these guys are still on the market. As things get later and as we get closer to pitchers and catchers reporting and spring training starting, I think really it could be open season on these guys for, for any team. I think Scott Boris represents a lot of these guys that are still out there and is willing to you know do a one-year deal for a lot of uh, high AAV for a lot of money for one year to kind of get these guys going and then try again next season. So I, I would not be surprised to see some sort of crazy, like, you know, even the Phillies could take a one-year flyer on on Cody Bellinger to kind of, you know, juice up that lineup or Blake Snell just, you know, for the fun of it. I think we're in a unique situation in free agency this year where as like in late January, early February, everyone's in on every free agent, kind of everything's on the table. Yeah, that's a great point. So it's, it's, it's hard to know, but we'll see what happens because it's got to land somewhere. Um, all right. Well, Dylan, it's been a pleasure having you join us. I do want to, while you're here, and I know I, I could have said this to you in messages, your handle underscore oh, Hornick this, underscore. This was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> we tagged you. I don't know what happened. I'm going to be honest. Renee's, I, I Renee's no tagging porn sites. All right. <laughs> Listen, uh, underscores are annoying, and I just happen to forget one of your underscores, and thankfully somebody that follows us was like, by the way, that last guest on Thursday, questionable Twitter page because it took us straight to a porn site. So, Dylan, you might need to throw a little D in there to mix up the name or something. You see what I did there? Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah, but otherwise, other than the uh, interesting page that's very similar to your handle, you do great work on Twitter. Make sure you guys give Dylan a follow. It's been a pleasure having you on the show too, Dylan. We've enjoyed your your insight and what you've shared with us. Thanks, I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me on. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. And again, guys, be sure to follow. It's underscore Hornick. H-O-R-N-I-K underscore. Mm -hmm. So if you forget one of those underscores, you're getting taken as something that's wrong. Yeah, just, I, I didn't catch this. I just caught the text conversation Ooh, following up. Uh, but John, you and Tyler were And you know what really had me it. the most annoyed, Jamie, is all the handles that we tag on our show. And the one we get incorrect <laughs> takes us to a port site. Why couldn't it be like, I mistagged? Yeah. You know, anybody else, literally yeah. anybody else. It was literally, it would be Hornick that mm. takes you to another thing. So, yeah. okay yeah. then. Um, but he does a great job with his social media and digital content creation for Major League Baseball coverage with BetMGM, as you can tell. I know in the chat, MBDBDF's got the um, different numbers going. You know, it's, it's time to start 
placing those bets if you have not already for those What's of you that, that are into it. He says he's got Stott plus 20,000 to lead Major League that Baseball really in four hits. zeros? Wow. Ooh, By the way, guys, huh? Dylan was talking about the Reds earlier. 82 yes. and a half. That mm. seems low. It does seem low. Yeah. It seems really low. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you can get them in different markets, but sure. yeah. 82 and a half seems pretty low. And, to and me. I know you're all tigered I know up Tani over there. Tigers are 79 and a half. 79 and Vegas a half? Vegas thinks the Tigers finish under 500. I do wow. not believe that. Wow. And you know what? I like, I like that stance. I like that. Um, yeah, he's got MBDBDBF Scott Otani plus 1,000 to lead Major League Baseball in home runs. And as you mentioned, Stott plus 20,000. That's wild to lead in hits. All right. Also, what was wild was seeing Kyle Schwarber on a top. 10 left fielders list. Yeah, come on, when the fans report. did it, I was like, okay, fans like him, people like him. We all like Kyle. He's, he's not a left so, fielder. But he's even he's not a left fielder, but I was like, okay, maybe the fans don't realize that. But Major League Baseball, I'm I'm surprised at you. It felt like a little clickbait a little bit to have him just squeezed in at number 10. He's not even he's not a left fielder and he's definitely not a top 10. All right. So, some other things to just run through because we are already nearing the end. We've got to get into our guest that swing, we've got to get into our positivity. Uh, we've got Phillies trivia oh for you guys. Actually, let's let's go there. Um, are you ready for some trivia? Oh, I was born ready. Oh wow, Tyler, are you ready? Is the question because Jamie's <laughs> sure. been smoking you. I don't know about that. <laughs> he had a really you had good a day. Really he had a really stretch. good day on Tuesday. He did a yeah, really good I, Tuesday. I had the one day. It was the sh- it was the Schmitty. So today, I mean, it's not, it's not fair. Jamie had like a Mike Schmidt shrine in his bedroom <laughs> when he was a kid. I have a Mike well, Schmidt starting today, lineup on my desk. Today could be swung in favor of Tyler. The theme for today is it's the chapter is statistically speaking. It's a lot of stats and numbers. So right. this should be all in favor. This could be. I won't say should be. Could be in favor of Tyler. Um, there's a, a Mike Schmidt question. I feel like I I shouldn't ask it, but five forty eight. Are you kidding me? 548 is the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. So the question is, Mike. Sh- it says Mike Schmidt holds the Philadelphia Phillies franchise record for the most home runs. 548. <laughs> wow, Tyler. Ew. It, it, of all listen, the numbers. if you say Mike Schmidt stats, the first okay. thing that comes up is his okay. home run total. It's 548. Wow. Yep. Yep, 548 home runs for Mike Schmidt, guys. Sorry, didn't get a chance to answer that in the chat. Barbara Carroll, it's up. Nice to have you here as well. Everybody hit that like button when you're in here. Yes, make sure you hit that. Will, what's up, Will? I'm glad you made it before guess that stands. Next question. This one should be easy. How many times have the Phillies appeared in the playoffs? Oh. Oh. The playoffs. How many times have they been in the playoffs? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Can I count it while I go? Uh, I'll say 16. Okay. All right. So uh, 15, 50, 76, 77. I don't know if they were in 78. I had, uh, 78. I'm going to guess 80, 83, 93, 07, 08, uh, 22. Okay. Oh, oh, 09, 10, 11, 22, 23. Sicko. 15. Wow, you did all that. To, to get the math wrong? <laughs> to get the math wrong. 16? <laughs> Is it 16? It's 14. Ah! Right. You like some, somewhere so in there, somewhere one of those years in there, I messed up. I thought the, it was 14. Oh, Randy in the chat yeah, said one, 14. Maybe they Good missed. Job, Randy. I thought job. it was 14 two years ago. When was this published? I'm right. I'm right. Oh, no, I forgot. 
What was okay, this book okay, published? This book, okay. Oh, dang it. I forgot. I forgot. And oh, actually, it, most it, of 80, mine, I missed 81. That's, that's, that was the year that I missed. <laughs> most of mine have been adjusted to the current time. This was published in 2020. So, Victor, so, so it 16 is, is correct. Victory. Wow, Jamie. Okay, yeah, that no was big impressive. deal. Kind of a big deal. A lot that of people was impressive. Talking. Yeah, thank you. All and right. I didn't have to go through all the years. I yeah. just knew. <laughs> and I didn't have to go through all the years. Yeah, I couldn't do what Tyler just did. That's sick. No, that was really impressive. 80, Tyler. Eighty-one was the year that I missed. I forgot they made the playoffs. Yeah, because you the were year one shy, the... and you were wow. Yeah, you guys. Okay, sorry, Randy. I thought yeah, you were correct, Randy, but I forgot. You got to get on my level, bud. Yes, Douglas. We are almost to spring training, so that's why we've got some trivia. I hope you can join in. All right, next question, and this is as of twenty twenty. So let me preface it with that. Which former Phillies batter held the top four single season records for strikeouts with 199 and 200? Ryan Howard. (laughs) Good job. So the number was 199 in 2007 and 2008, 190 in 2014, and 186 in 2009. And that man was correct. All right, got to make this harder for you guys. Um, Last question, though, because I think it's – Jamie has two. It's two nothing. No big deal. It's two one. <laughs> no, Tyler got the first one. I got a question, got got the question, question. Right before the question was even asked. Yeah, that, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, hey, in Family Feud, if you hit that buzzer and ends before Steve Harvey finishes, you get the point. So Steve I'm Harvey's Steve, great. and I gave you the point. All right. All right, double or nothing. Which pitcher has the most strikeouts in Phillies franchise history ding, ding, as of ding. 2020 no. with a whopping 3,031? Steve Carlton. Yeah, <laughs> I knew that. Guys, you guys are so good at numbers. All right, I feel like I should. No, end we're it. just losers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. Oh yeah, self-admitted loser for sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you know who has the, who had the who has the most stolen bases in Phillies franchise history with 510? Oh, finally got you guys. Sorry, say it one more time. Oh, who has the most stolen bases in Phillies franchise history with 510? 510. This has got to be like an old old timer, right? Yeah. Go back. Uh, I'll go Richie Ashburn. Okay. It's probably not right. I don't know. I think you got. Go, I think you're going back further than him. Yeah, probably. This is like an old pork chop O'Hallahan <laughs> guy or something. Well, when I need to stump you guys, I got to go back to the night, the early 1900s. Yeah, it's, not my, it's not my wheelhouse. <laughs> the only way I can get Jamie and Tyler to get an incorrect <laughs> answer, guys, is for me to bring up questions. Mickey from says Steve Jeltz. No, no. He didn't that's, have that that's not quite. It is um, someone that played during the 19th century. <laughs> the 19th century? <laughs> Billy Hamilton. This is Patches Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. Played for the Kansas City Cowboys, the Phillies, and the Boston Bean oh Eaters. My God. The Bean Eaters between 1888 and 1901. Oh Billy Hamilton, guys. You didn't get that answer. So is, if you play in Major League Baseball <laughs> and you're named Billy Hamilton, do you, you have just to steal be bases? Is yeah. that the thing? Oh, basically. Well, yeah. yeah that's, so, okay. You're predisposed to being I just fast thought that was, you know, I had to throw in a fun Hamilton. fact for you guys. Ashburn was a lot of answers. I feel like he probably is up there at top. I have to come up with some more trivia next time. What on year Tuesday, did this? We'll have, what year did this dude play? Billy Hamilton. He's at a, He actually was born. I think in I North saw him in the Jersey. first episode of Ken Burns Baseball the other night. <laughs> he which was started born, in 1854. I was gonna say he was born in 1866 in Newark, New Jersey. 1866. This dude stole 97 <laughs> bases in 1895. <laughs> but like, what was baseball then? Never even heard of this guy. <laughs> All right. There All right. you go, guys. There's your fun fact for the day. Billy Hamilton that played in the 19th right. century. So the, the leader in the modern era of baseball <laughs> is Juan Samuel. Ah, how many? 
Uh, only 70, 72. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the game's a lot different these yeah. days. All right. Well, that's our trivia for today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hamilton. That's a wild thing. Oh, wait. That was one the, season for, for old wine. It's Wani. wild to think about what the world was like, actually. That was 1984. He had 72. Is that right? Yeah. Well, according to... Billy Hamilton had 111 in 1891. <laughs> <laughs> he was stealing everything. Listen, he actually has a lot of records for the Phillies. According to good old Wikipedia, his career he's a career leader in batting average, on-base percentage, and stolen bases. On-base percentage makes sense with stolen bases. Huh. Holds Phillies, yeah. It's yeah. because you've got, like, oil can <laughs> McGee throwing yeah. 17 times in a week. Oil can He's McGee. pitching every game of the triple oil header. Oil can Boyd was always my favorite baseball name growing up. Oh, my god. Anytime gosh. I got an oil can Boyd. Classic. Dude threw 408 pitches in one day. <laughs> he made his debut in 1888 for so the Kansas City Cowboys. So basically there's no TV Cowboys. footage of Billy Hamilton, yeah. No. He was with the Phillies from 1890 to 1895. Oh, yeah. What a time just in baseball. like Little League. They're just calling dudes from left field to finish yeah, the game. Yeah, he was playing. Ah, threw enough. He was an Timmy. outfielder alongside Sam Thompson, Ed Delahanty, Tuck Turner. I know one of those names. Yeah. This is like... Ba- that's old. Babe. That's old. This is old, yeah. old. All right, guys. Well, let's wrap up. We've got some positivity. My positivity Ooh, for today have, is really quick. Positivity. Yes. It's actually in, it's in the show sheet for you. Oh, Here's it? my positivity. I was looking at the schedule, and I want to take an opposite approach of Tyler's positivity from like a week and some change ago. I'm looking at the back end of the schedule. So my positivity is that the Phillies will be a lock for a playoff spot or at least have clear separation for the playoff spot this year. No squeezing in, no down to the wire, no down to the final season, I mean, final series. They're not clinching in the final weeks. Going into September, when you look at the Phillies' schedule, similarly to last year, they've got in September, they play Toronto, Miami, they play Tampa Bay, the Mets, Milwaukee, uh, the Mets, Chicago, and the Nationals. I would love that by the time we get through August, when they finish their series with the Braves at the end of August, that the Phillies have won enough games where we know we're talking playoff baseball. All right. Whether like they it. win the division or they're at least a very clear wild card front runner that we're not going to have to wait until you get to the series before the Mets or you get to the end of the season for the Phillies to have clinched. So this year they're going to win games. They're going to take care of business. No squeezing in. No, we're just happy they made it locked and loaded so we can start focusing on the postseason. All right. That was number 18. We got six more. Thank you, guys. Tyler, Nikki you're tomorrow. As well. That's your homework assignment for tonight. Be positive <laughs> for tomorrow. All right, and I'm positive I may not get this correct. Forget I'm that I'm still kind of pissed about Andrew McCutcheon yesterday. I always just, like, forget he was here, and it's a me problem. Hypothetical man said, hide your wife, hide your kids. Billy Hamilton's on the loose. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, all right, so let's talk, or let's guess that stance. Um, yesterday was difficult. It's been, it's really been picking up. Are we almost done this game? No. Oh gosh. No, we How got plenty. We, we got plenty of players left. We did thirty. We did, 40, <laughs> we did thirty left? ballparks. No, I thought we did forty-two total. Yeah. So how many do we have left? How many have we Probably done? Probably 30. Oh, Probably done Lord, about 12. We're just getting started. We're oh, yeah. The, our done. success rate is going to plummet here pretty Jeez soon. Louise. Tyler thinks he, he planted the evil seed in our heads that we're both going to get it. N- what? 
So oh, let no. me know. I, I said I I you were trying to pump us. I was up. trying to pump you. Up. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to be a good teammate. All right, Barbara. I, it is an easy September. That's why then I would like the Phillies to have clinched or be close to clinching or locked in. I should say by then. But let's hope today is easy because Tyler's claiming it's easy for guessing. Right. So no, what not, is the team? He didn't say, say it's easy. easy. He was I'm just pumping to pump you up. Us up. So that means we're gonna fail spectacular. <laughs> All right, here's your player. All right, what do you got, Tyler? Ooh. Actually, I that do feel like, like I know this. But we've already done. They those. all look like brace to me sometimes. Um, that's sarcasm. Um, okay, I'm looking at some distinct features. <laughs> mm. I thought that Aquaman hasn't gotten one right in two weeks. Thank you, Will, thank you, Will, for getting get in here. Today. I was worried. <sighs> all right. It's... Yeah, Will's just on time to help us out. Provolone just came over from the Eagles podcast. Welcome over. That's a good thing about us going over since t- today's one of those days we're overlapping. With the Eagles, as you can catch the tail end of our show. It does look like Bryce, like gut instinct, but it's obviously not because we've done him. Mm. A lefty. Oh, man. I think I know. Oh, wait. Is it oh, a lefty? Oh, God. That might be a righty. Is it a lefty, Jamie? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to send it to Tyler. I think I know. I think I know. I hope. My, I think my favorite part of this game is the two of you the op- talking yourself into it being like a lefty and a righty every yeah, I, single I every single game. Because it looks like I could see it both sides. Like technically, left foot looks ahead. But I've switched. It's technically, a right, I could it, see his right. <gasps> oh, I do see his right foot ahead now. Yeah. Oh, can, I like do see that. Like, like the right foot's tricks. on the near yeah. side, or is the left foot on the far side? I've, sw- <gasps> I've switched. Ew. It's a right. Okay, wait. Can you tell us if it's right hand wait, or not? Because this hold could on. be either wait, wait, way. Wait, wait, wait. Time out, time out, time out. I need to, I need to ask something. <laughs> you, you guys just came to the agreement that the right foot was in front. <laughs> but it could also be the left foot. Are you, are, so no, I think the right is, foot's in behind. If you, okay, ne- never mind. I thought you were saying the right foot's in front. No. Well, no, actually, I'm not well, going to lie. I can see the right foot in front. Do you not see that? If it's a lefty. If the right foot's in front, it's a left-handed but hitter. But I'm saying I can see the left foot in front. <laughs> then, it's a, the over- then it's a right-handed hitter. Right, but I'm like, so that's, I don't know if it's right or left because I can see both. Yeah, I can see both, too. It's okay, to- I, total I, mind. It depends I got what you guys on if his saying. right shoulder, like, is his back to us or is he opening to us, if that makes like, sense. Right I know what you're saying. You the right hand, hand long is enough, on you, you see both. Wow, we do have left to right hand dyslexia for sure. What do you guys see? Randy's saying right hand's on top. Yeah, I think right hand's on top. I think it's a right-handed batter. It does Uh, look like a... This is tough. Originally, I had a right-handed batter. I'm going to text you my answer, Tyler. I think I'm in. I'm I'm locking in. I, I had a righty, and I'm sticking with a righty, because last time I changed... Look, hands, not feet. That's true. That's true, Randy. That's a great point. Hands is, yes, usually the decider. Yeah. All right, Tyler. My answer is in. Do we have... Oh, you didn't even look at it yet. All right, so (laughs) Jamie's answer is locked in. We do have it. Renee, are you keeping your answer you sent me? I I don't know. I can't change. I can't change. I did that before. Just go with your gut. Don't Ah. torture yourself. Oh, shoot. Okay, wait. No, I don't know. And uh, Kay Yinkst. Uh, not Darren Dalton. We're only doing 2006 to present day. Ooh. West Chamberlain. <laughs> I used to love West Chamberlain. Um, okay. You know what? Yeah. You're sticking with it? <sighs> yes. All right, guys. So both of your answers are locked in. Are, are they, they the same answers? They are not the same answer. Oh, they are is two, either correct. They are two different players, <laughs> and uh, not neither of them are correct because you both guessed a right-handed hitter, and this is a left-handed are hitter. Are you kidding oh. me, Tyler? 
Stop. Don't know. See, I told you guys. It's My not that easy. My gut was left, and then I convinced Even if you I... look at the hands, his right hand looked on the top, uh. and now Didi Gregorius' left hand is clearly on the top, but you don't know it. Oh my gosh! What the heck? That's the first time I've Why gotten the right so left hard? Long, wrong. Listen, the right left thing. Every wrong. single day, Damn. I see right hand and left hand because I feel like you can flip it. Like I don't know. Like I was saying, I don't know if he's hitting away from us or hitting guess, towards us. I guess us. Reese Hoskins because I thought he had that. Because it Reese, did look like Reese a little. Yeah. But also, I thought it was Trey. <laughs> yeah, you just stumped yeah, right. everybody. You just, broke you just literally brain. broke all of us. I I don't like this game. I don't like this game. This is I'm seeing things. I'm seeing It's just making people. me feel it's the blue dress, gold dress, or whatever that debacle was. Like, I don't know oh, if it's yeah. right. I don't know if it's there left. There was a new one of those recently I saw. I forget what it was. It was like the two color thing. <sighs> wow. Oh, man. Wow. That was See, a I originally saw lefty, and then I went, no, wait. I think the hands Because are... the legs with a silhouette, you don't know which leg is in the back and the front. Damn it. And then the, the hands, it looks like a shoe in for the right hand on top, but then it wasn't. It looked right until it wasn't. Guys, I think wow. uh, I think in this game moving forward, we need to, or you guys need to, whatever your gut side of the plate is. Stick, my gut was right. Stick with I'm it. Right-handed. My gut and was, I was yeah. I should have stuck with lefty there. Damn it! I think we just need to know if he's right or left. Yeah, that takes half the fun of the game out. Yeah, <laughs> but at least. Why don't I just put the first, the second <laughs> picture up first, and you can guess who it is? I like that. All idea. right, guys, here's your guess that swing. Are you ready? Wow, I'm who could really, it be? I am really look at the. But Again, I'm glad you showed this again. His left foot in the back, I you could flip it and it could be his right foot in the back because we can't clearly see, like I was looking for, you know, you can see the shape of the shoe sometimes to know which direction it's going, his hands, something. Wow. Okay. I feel like I've been robbed again. This is what it felt like when Billy Hamilton was stealing so many bases. 112 in 1891. That's how I'm feeling. I'm feeling like Billy Hamilton just came and stole the base from us. Okay, guys. Yeah, give initials, too. In initials would be way too easy. No, we can't do initials. Would be way too easy. I feel like it was sarcasm, but I, would, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Tyler, I feel like you just are enjoying Oh, this. I am. This yes. is fun. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on that side of the glass tomorrow. I'll see how fun it actually is. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So tomorrow... <sighs> wow, got a process. I will be in the happened. warm sunshine. Tomorrow, Jamie's leaving us to go to Florida. Dude's golf trip to Palm Beach area, so That's I will so not weird. be here tomorrow. I will How be back on Monday. How could you possibly choose golfing in Florida over sitting here with us on HOI Plays podcast? So rude all your friends. I know. All your friends are here. I know. <laughs> Except that I'll be playing. Let's see, we're playing 18, 18. And the snow even melted because it's been raining and it's like 50 degrees outside. They even listen to you, and the snow is yeah. gone, so you can stay. Yeah, I'm playing like 54 holes of golf or something like that. So, uh, but yeah, I'm going to have a good time. I, I hope you have fun. I'm, I'm excited some, for you. Uh, as my buddy calls it, vitamin V, uh, vodka, and transfusions. <laughs> I'll be drinking a lot of those. Um, and, yes, I you will You drink be, vodka while you golf? Yeah, transfusions. Huh. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. I you feel know, like there's a, know, if you're gonna thing? start drinking early, like you don't want to do beer because you kind of mm. get bloated, and mm. so do a little uh, vodka. Oh, <laughs> living on the edge. Well, this guy's gonna be in Florida, and that guy's gonna be sitting next to me, uh, and we'll see how you like it tomorrow. Tyler gets to guess that stance with me on the show. Thank you, Barbara. Um, I will have fun. Jamie is leaving us. Thank you, will. Uh, if he can fit any of us in his suitcase. Maybe mm. who knows? Uh, you need a caddy. Like you I will have a drink in my hand tomorrow morning. At, uh, I was telling Andrew probably by five forty-five. 
because time doesn't exist in airports. Oh, no. It's one of the beautiful things about it. So, like, you can just have a drink at 5.45 a.m. and, like, nobody judges you. Airport beer is probably a top five beer of all time. Yeah. Yeah, I have a great airport, like, mimosa or whiskey drink because I feel, yeah, I love a good, I love a good whiskey or, like, whatever, anything, honestly, liquor. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, let's get this trip started early. Who says the trip has to start when you land? It starts when you leave your house. Yeah. I'm parking my car and the trip begins. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. Well, that'll do it for us here on PHOI Phillies podcast. We've got more excitement tomorrow. Again, Jamie will be having all the fun in Florida golfing, sipping on some vodka. Tyler will be joining me on the show. And hopefully all you guys will be back tomorrow. It'll be Friday or tomorrow, which is Friday, at noon, live here on PHOI Phillies podcast. Will, MBDBDBF, Mickey, Chris, uh, Kay Yinks, uh, Randy, everybody that tuned in, we appreciate you. We'll see you back for more fun tomorrow. Have a good one, guys. See you. Y'all silly like the mayor. 